Gentlemen, what's going on? We have this week a repeat guest, Dave Gold. Dave interviewed me the other week, uh, and that episode is up. But here today, we are interviewing him, and we're going to be talking about how to care and help for others. Gentlemen, welcome to the Purpose Infused Brotherhood, the podcast where men come to build, battle, and bond together and be the best versions of themselves. If you're a man who's ever felt out of alignment with his purpose, then you're in the right place to reignite the fire and infuse male purpose into your life every single day. And now your hosts, John Doe and Clay Smeltzer. Welcome, everybody. Super excited to have Dave Gold here this week. And this week on the Purpose Infused Brotherhood, it is week two of our discussion of navigating that thing we call life. And uh, this week, we're going to be focusing on caring and helping others with Dave Gold. Super excited about this. Dave is the one who actually interviewed me the other week that you all listeners listened to. It was awesome. Uh, I definitely uh, listened back to it. I actually took notes because uh, it was awesome because I was like, oh, crap, I didn't remember I said that. So, Dave, thank you very much for that. But over the next 30 to 45 minutes, what we're going to be doing is talking about topic of caring and helping others. Dave's going to give you the top three reasons at the end why you should help and care for others. So, John, say what's up and then uh, introduce Dave to our listeners, man. Hey, Clay. Dave, great to have you here. Um, look super forward to this. Uh, you know, after we had uh, a great time last week with our guy Chip Baker on here. Um, so yeah, we're super excited to have you in here this week talking about caring and helping others. Um, some of the great parts of your bio here, you know, bringing full power and wisdom from 45 years in business, trial lawyer, executive consultant, spiritual mentor to liberate world changing executives and entrepreneurs from the shackles of self doubt and self disqualification. That's a good word there. I know. I want to, I want to meet that guy. <laughs> go, go, go get a mirror. Absolutely. And in your uh, 70 year odyssey of, and by the way, if I had not heard you say 70 years, I wouldn't have believed it. I thought Clay had a typo on here for sure. I thought that had to be like a six. That's for sure. Um, but your journey through spirituality and business and law and, and, and creating your hero's journey and helping others now, find their hero journey. So Dave, please say hello. And also we always start out our brotherhood groups with a win for the week. So we'd love for you to share one with our audience. Sure. So anyway, it's great to see you guys, John. Great to meet you when I, and um, I, I had a great time. Clay. When you say you're awesome, I think you're probably talking about your answers rather than my questions, <laughs> but, it, but it was, it was, we could have gone on for days. Oh yeah, absolutely. So my win, so my win for the week. God. All right. So I, God, I, I have to start, I have to start in the middle of the, kind of in the middle of the movie for this. So I, yeah, you know, lawyers can't answer any questions quickly. So let me, let me <laughs> tell a short story is that I believe in my, my life is shown in the work that I'm doing with myself and with others is that when you stop disqualifying yourself, mm -hmm. when you stop looking for reasons to make yourself wrong, suddenly life kind of rushes in in ways you can't expect. So I have a company that's going well. And we, we've taught, I, I hate raising money for companies. I hate begging, period. It's just something I've never done. Never really enjoyed doing. And we, we need some, we're looking for some investment capital. And I didn't like any of the, the venture people. And I said, we need a venture capitalist with a heart who sees what they're doing, who appreciates who we are, 
who wants to get involved because of what the good we're doing as much as the business plan. Yeah. And son of a bitch, if that guy didn't just appear yesterday yeah. <laughs> and we were two hours and 20 minutes, I, I had to throw them out. You know, normally these guys awesome. are 10 minutes, they're, they're answering their phone and look at the watches, but it wasn't just and the reason I just say, oh, you know, we had a venture guy come in and, he, you know, whether we get money or not, the win was really being able to prove the concept that when and it gets to helping others yeah. and when you're no longer disqualifying yourself and and you truly are your your compass point, your compass is pointing towards bringing good and doing good, that yep. good things happen. Yeah. And, and, open, you know, it's, and open to receive it. Yes. Yeah. And that, and that's the big part is that it's the reception. You guys, both you guys, and I know this from Clay's a hell of a lot better in, in giving than receiving. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're, it's much harder for us to really accept oh, yeah. it. Oh my, you know, we, we, it's like, what's the catch? Yeah. yeah. And it's not only like, what's the catch? Like, what's this person want? It's like, what is, you know, why is life giving me this when, you know, I kid, I still leave the toilet seat up, you know, I, I don't, des <laughs> I don't deserve anything. So, so I, th I think you're, I think it's really good, John. I think it really was just sitting there not thinking I had to impress this guy or what did I do to deserve this, but why wouldn't life present this kind of opportunity to me and my partners and the people who are working to help. So anyway, I'm not going to answer all questions, all your questions with 20 minute uh, diatribes, but, <laughs> but I, I just needed to send a little context for that. No. Yeah. And, and I love that because I, I think one of the things that we talked about, and one of the things I know uh, in both of our discussions, Dave, is, is that we talked about how the universe just works in magical ways. You know, we first talked and, and the universe spoke that day when we talked and you interviewed me, the universe spoke. It's going to speak today. It already has because of what you just said there. Uh, but I think that's that's where let's jump into that disqualifying, because I think that's yes. a very important thing uh, for our listeners to understand, it, especially when it comes to caring and helping others, because I think a lot of the times in our hearts as men, we really want to provide and protect. We have that innate thing inside of us, but lots of times we do disqualify ourselves because we don't think the value that we bring is valuable enough. And there's like that imposter syndrome, stuff like that. So wherever your brain went there, I'm going yeah. to slide. Yeah. So there's all, there's, we, there's no, if you're looking for to negate all of the reasons you have to disqualify yourself like oh no i'm going to make amends for that i'm going to atone for that i'm going to get over this i'm going to do enough good it's it, it never you know it's not it ain't going to happen yeah and you know and, and when you're young you still think you got time to when you're younger you think you got time to rectify things but so one there's just an impossibility of trying to wipe the slate clean enough mm. to satisfy that voice within ourselves that we deserve it and and there's one experience. It's funny what just comes to mind is that one of my one of my clients. Uh, it's funny. It was during COVID, and occasionally I had people come. We'd sit on the back porch when the weather was nice, and you know, socially distance is one of the first. And I just so enjoyed that. And it was one of the first times I actually got to be face to face with someone. And we we went through the first. You know, went through the time together. And then at the end, he said, "Everything I tell you is confidential, right?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "I'll, I'll I tell my wife almost anything, but you know, there's certain things I keep to myself." And he, and he told me something that he, a tremendous amount of shame that he carried for something that happened like 15 years ago that brought him to tears. And, and it was nothing, it was nothing, you know, and it wasn't just me saying, Oh, it's not, it wasn't like me talking him into nothing. It was just being there for him and, and, and seeing who he was and being able to just put it into perspective and it lifted. Yeah. You know, and it, it, I mean, it was amazing. It just lifted. And I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he was right. It wasn't like I'm such a magician that I just took this thing away from him. But the difference in his life, he went home and his wife said, what happened to you? You're lighter. 
And the week later, she said, you're easier with the kids, you know, easier, just easier to be with. You're spending more time with the kids. There was an immediate transformation. And all of us, I, I have yet to meet someone that's not carrying around that original sin, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And one of the first things I did, I might have mentioned, I get a hard to keep track. But when, when Julie, my beloved, came into my life and I just didn't want to, I didn't want any secrets. I didn't want, you know, and I couldn't believe she actually, I thought she really knows me. She wouldn't love me this much. <laughs> and, and so I just started to tell her things that I was most ashamed of, you know. So I just told her the first thing I was, it, and it took everything to come out and tell her this thing. And then she looked at me and said, yeah, <laughs> then what? You know, is that when you machine gunned all the nuns, you know? So what, so one, just that's the first thing I think about at disqualification is that whatever it is that you're carrying. And then it gets, it gets a little bit, you know, I have to say philosophic at this point. And I can't prove this, but I, I, I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, it has to do with agreements that we have. It's easy for us to feel that we've been victimized or we victimized others. Mm-hmm. And I have a, a friend of mine. He's a, I think he's a mentioned, he's a shaman. He's an Ecuadorian shaman. And he told me that he was in Miami and he was working this, this food fair. And there were all these different food trucks and there were these two Hondurans. And the one Honduran came in and said, Hey, the, this, the other Honduran over there, he's close to the electricity. And the guy said, Ed, he's close to the water. And the whole time for eight hours, they're just bitching about each other and coming in and, and doing, you know, at each other and he can't get any rest and then it's over and people are breaking down and the two of them are sitting together they're having a beer he said what the hell's going on he said we're cousins we just this is our shtick yeah. and he said and he said this is what it's like with everybody in our lives mm. you know that that i can't prove this again but i've just found this to be true and you know both both a better way to live and i can feel the truth in it is that there's just certain agreements that we have yeah and when you, if you can just hold that, it doesn't give us carte blanche to go and, you know, crap on people because we think we have that agreement or to be crapped on ourselves, but it takes so much of the charge out of it. When you just start to get the sense of, wait a minute, this isn't just, this isn't just an isolated incident. It's in a larger context. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I, I can keep going. <laughs> you can interrupt me. Oh, that's good. And, you know, so in my uh, little bit, I like to research when we have some guests on yeah. here, David. And so I, uh, I was dug a little bit. One, I will have to say, I did. I can't read it now because it's too far away. I have to admit it. But I did see it in one of your other posts. That sign behind you, I love it. It says, "You have the enemy. You have the energy of a child, the heart of a man, and the wisdom of an elder." And I thought that was amazing. Well, thank you. And I got, I got, you know, I got to tell you guys a story. What the hell? You know, I'm, I'm at the point now. I don't care what people think. I'm nuts. That's the, one of the most beautiful things anybody's ever said about me. You know, I couldn't write a better. You know, I, when I had my, yeah. one of my companies, my sales companies, I used to call my customer. I said, hey, can I write my can I write my endorsements and you'll just sign them? You know, so that would be the kind of endor- I don't do that anymore. By the right. way. <laughs> but that's the kind of endorsement. And that was actually my mother. Right on. That's, that's what my that mother. That's awesome. My that is mother awesome. Oh, thank you very much. And thanks for doing that. And I. I do have the, I do, you know, and, and I'll tell you, it's hard for me to acknowledge that because yeah. I think, oh, the energy of a child is I'm immature. The yeah. heart of a man is I'm weak. The wisdom of an elder is that I'm old. I mean, this is just how we turn the jewel sure. and we turn these beautiful parts of ourselves into something else. Yeah, you got, you got the finger so up, my friend. Yeah, go so, with it. so now does that come through? I, I, I seen through there that you had a book the after the after the absolute and you said yeah. that the guy that uh that he was spent you spent a lot of time with him in that 20 he, years that he was into 
accepting all that suffering and all of that. And that then you finally realize that you didn't have to do that, that, you know, and, and I remember I actually commented on your quote, I was on your, on your post and I said, some, you just got to choose happy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's there, there's that choice when it yeah. comes to sadness and happiness, man, it's a, a choice. Choose happy. Yeah. Did you want to did you want to say something, Clay, before I respond? Oh no, I was I'm I'm waiting on whatever oh. came there. <laughs> I was waiting for I, I I think this is so true. You know, you've got this beautiful brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And I mean it. And I say beautiful. I mean, first of all, brotherhood's beautiful, but but your brotherhood in particular is beautiful. And John, you haven't done anything to to lower the stock. <laughs> the value keep the, the value, the the, the, yeah, the, I, the strike I'll, price I'll keeps going up. Yes. But but it's so easy for us to 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 be to think we need to suffer. There's something heroic about the suffering. I was I was with a, I was talking to a client the other day, and that's actually as her. I did some work with her bosses, and they wanted me to just she's just too much, you know. She just she won't go home at night. She's the first person in the morning, and da, 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 and and I said I know it. At the end of the day, if you're not exhausted, you feel that you haven't done enough. Mm-hmm. Does that sound familiar to us? Yeah. It's like, okay, I, I, Absolutely. I, okay. so, and, and when you think about it, that's, that is ter- taking suffering and making that the coin of the realm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. making that the currency that you want to do by thinking that we, ha- if we haven't suffered, we haven't given a hundred percent. And, you know, obviously I know, I mean, I know Clay, you know, Clay's an athlete, John, I know you, I can tell you've paid your dues, my friend, you've, you've come to your heart the hard way. You've come to your heart by letting it be broken over and over and over again. So it's not to say that the suffering hasn't served us well, but like I said, I'm all, I'm, what I'm again, as we used to say in West Virginia, I'm again, gratuitous suffering. I'm, I'm again, suffering as a choice that we make to think that we're getting better because what, one of the, one of the, there's a couple of downsides to suffering besides doesn't feel very good. (laughs) Uh, The first is it, it's, it's very hard to love. I mean, I know that there's a certain amount of suffering that comes with, you know, the heartbreak and the opening and that kind of stuff. And I said, John, your heart, I can feel it's just open because you've, you felt so much pain yourself that you can't help but feel other people's pain. Right. That's that empath in you coming out. I can tell. Yeah. Well, it takes one to know one, as they say. So one is it, it makes you, it makes you less available. And the other is, as long as you're in survival, you can't evolve. I mean, it's, 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 it's biology and it's just the truth. That, you know, if I'm sitting here worried about my next dollar, I, I don't, my head's up, you know, my, my niece, my, my niece, my stepdaughter says, Dave, your head's up your ass. <laughs> the reason my, you know, and she calls my head out from under my ass, but it's because I'm in survival because yeah. I'm suffering. All you want, and when you're in suffering, all you can do is, and you think there's something noble about it, but it takes away our availability. Ooh. When we're suffering, we're so consumed. And that's one thing that, that Clay and I talked about. I know, and I have such deep respect for Clay is what, what Clay brings, and John, I just don't know you well enough to say, you know, I can, I can read what I can read. And, but what Clay brings is his presence. And people feel that presence and they feel that he cares and he's here. And when you're present, people just go, what the hell? Cause we're just <laughs> so used weirded to, out by it. Sometimes. Oh my God. It's like, what do you, you know, it's not like, I don't think he said, you know, sitting bug eyed and staring and making him uncomfortable. I think it more than, and, and, and that, and that availability is interest. Yeah. We talked about that. Clay. And so Absolutely. when you're suffering, it's hard to be interested in anything except the suffering. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think we, you know, when I love, I love the conversation, especially where it goes, because 
I think a lot of times for me, myself and my journey, it was that, that I had to suffer. I had to do that. Like you're talking about that lady and work. That was me. I was the first on the baseball field. Last one off. I worked like I, I did everything. I sh- shit. I, in Pennsylvania winter, I shoveled snow off the damn, you know, field so I can go do my workouts before I went to a workout at a college and stuff. And, and I think, you know, when we look at it, it's like a badge of honor. <laughs> but sometimes that badge of honor, we end up sacrificing ourselves. And I think when it comes back to caring and helping other people, I think when we do that and we stay in that mode, we can't really help others to the maximum capacity we can because we didn't take care of ourselves first. And I think, I think because, and let me know, I mean, you grew up in Pittsburgh, stuff like that. It's blue collar, work your ass off, shut up, and do what you're told. Um, but, and, and John grew up in Ohio, same way. And, but let me know what your thoughts are because I think, you know, what I was taught is to do that but that in order for you to feel good about yourself you just had to go out and help other everybody else the heck with yourself just go serve everybody else so dive into that is that what you were taught did you grow yeah up well let reality, me just society all that kind of yeah well the first thing is that, that occurred to me as you were talking is that so much of it's a question of feeling unworthy mm-hmm. of starting of we're starting with a debt yeah. <laughs> okay. am i good like, enough and do i have what it takes and feeling, no, I'm not good enough and I don't have what it takes. Right. And I'm, so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just trying to get my balance sheet up to zero. Mm-hmm. And so, so much of what we're doing is, okay, let me just clear the balance sheet. Let me just, you know, I, I used to talk in my business, you know, bank, always bank goodwill because you never know when you're going to need it. <laughs> so in a way, we're prophylactically banking goodwill with God or with our, you know, just using that word, you yep. know, with ourselves. And so a lot of that is just feeling, oh, as long as I'm doing good, I must be, I must be worthy. And when, and I can just tell you from my own experience now, because I no longer need to prove, I mean, obviously I still got voices. I don't want to make, you know, but I, mm-hmm. and I still have ego and I still have insecurities. I still have all those things, but for the most part, because of where I, where I sit, I don't need to do good to feel good about myself. Yeah. I just love to, like, like John over there. I just feel such love for you, John. I just feel like, man, I just want to sit with John. I just want to hear your story. I want to hear what you've done. I want to hear, yeah. and, and not because, oh, that's going to make me look good or feel good. Or I'll go tell my wife, hey, I met this guy, John. And blah, blah. No, because it, it does just make me feel good. <laughs> you know. And, and, and this gets something you and I again talked about, Clay, is like doing what you love as opposed to what you think you're obligated to do. Mm. And, yeah. and after, after a while, you start realizing that what you love is what you should be is yours to do. Yeah. It's yours to do. And we, again, we don't trust ourselves because part of ourselves, you know, might love cheating on our wife, you know, the, or the voice says, you know, what, you know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's just a part of our say, Oh, you know, if I do that, who knows, I'll be running around with a, with a woman next door. Or I'll be, you know, stealing from my kids or some, we're just so scared of ourselves. And, and because of that, we don't, we don't, we don't trust to do what we love to do. And what happens, I've, I've just found in my own experience is that. And I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I'm going to interrupt you real quick because you went back to the agreements and, and we talked about commitment the other week. Yeah. The thing is we trust ourselves less because we break the commitments to ourselves all the time. Like we're so willing to make a commitment to somebody else and keep that to the death. But when we make a commitment to ourselves, like, Hey, I want to be healthy. I'm going to hit the gym. We'll, we'll be like, "Ah, I got to get rid of this to help somebody else out. And we sacrifice ourselves and like basically cutting our hand off and being like, hey, well, it was good for you. So, but it ain't good for you. I don't have two hands anymore. You know, and I think that's one of the things is when we break the commitments to ourselves, we now are losing trust in ourselves every time we break that commitment or agreement to ourselves. It just compiles it. 
because as I as, as a longtime sufferer and you know being born into Jewish religion, which we love to suffer more than anything, you know, like they said on Family Guy, I said, leave it to the Jews to take all the fun out of being Jewish. You know, I mean it's it's and I but but you know I I'm I was built for suffering and, and I was built for obligation. And then I had a teacher that said, you know, basically your spirituality is all dependent upon you keeping commitments to yourself mm-hmm. and to everybody else you do it. And I just was you know, just so fanatically dedicated to that. And then there came, there comes a point where, let me give you an example. I used to meditate, you know, I was just a meditator. That's what I did. I thought I'd do it. And then when I met Julie, Julie came into my life. I know I no longer wanted to meditate. Okay. I didn't want to, I did not want, I just didn't have any desire to do it. I didn't have any desire to, 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 to go inside, but I made a commitment that I was going to meditate. So then I realized, wait a minute, my larger commitment to myself is to freedom. Yeah. Now, sometimes that freedom comes by me keeping my commitment to myself. Okay. Because I, you know, all the reasons, all the reasons we talk about that there's a, there's a, you know, there's freedom in, 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 in trusting yourself and right. in, in self-reliability and all that kind of stuff. But the greater freedom that I found is being able to say, wait a minute. You know, like, I think I mentioned, I, I, I got back in the, I got an outside shower. I got back in every morning. I'd come back from walking the dogs. And I, as long as it was 20 degrees or above, I'd take a cold shower. And then one morning, I didn't feel like taking a cold shower. I said, wait a minute. I take a cold shower every morning. There's no freedom in that. It's so much harder to say, wait a minute. Let me, rather than just saying, I'm going to do it. Because we all know that will. Yeah. You guys, especially. We got that will muscle. We got the ass kicked out of that. Okay. Oh, yeah. But what about the freedom muscle? Mm. What about, I mean, wait a minute. Is this the morning that my intuition's saying I don't want to do it, or is this the morning my neighbor's kids are going to actually be around the fence and they're going to see? Me? You know, it's much more so that. So I would say our first commitment to ourselves is this authenticity, whatever that, uh, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And normally it looks like keeping our promises to ourselves. You know, normally it's consistent with making a promise, keeping a promise. Yeah. But I think part of that authenticity is is the freedom of being able to choose that you know i i have a i have a thing i don't i don't work past 10 o'clock it's just the thing because you know and i but i'm working past 10 o'clock tonight it's not like oh my god poor dave no because i have the freedom that i could hang out with a couple guys like you and all the brotherhood fuck it you know you know i think that freedom muscle is right next to the idgath muscle that idgath the the i don't give a fuck muscle (laughs) well that we're scared side by side with each other then exactly right and the discernment is knowing yourself enough to know what's what yeah and it helps to and this is why you guys have a brotherhood mm-hmm. you know i have julie to to basically say you know you're you're just getting full of yourself you know you think you're, you know whatever it is that you're, you're just getting you know I, I i think i'm contemplative and she's saying you're ignoring my children <laughs> okay so i think i'm the freedom to not hang out with the kids because i want to contemplate but meditate but whatever so there's also that we, it's not, yeah, we trust ourselves, but we surround ourselves with trustworthy people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a big por- portion of it. How, how do you say in all of our conversations so far, how, how would you say that helping others helps yourself? How would you describe that? And, and, and how does that, how does that work? Because obviously we've already talked about the major point. Like you can't really help other people for unless you're really helping yourself first. And I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls people fall into. We, we try to help everybody else before we actually look at ourselves. So, so 
I, I will, I'm going to turn it on its, on its head. I don't know exactly what I'm going to say, but I know I'm going to turn it on its head because I, I don't, my father said, never do anything out of obligation. Mm -hmm. Now that sounds weak, but no, I want to do it out of love. And yeah. even if the love is, I have an obligation, like my, my daughter's has some, you know, she's got a, a problem with a landlord and I had the lawyer up today and I didn't want to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm truly doing it out of sense of obligation. I don't love to do this stuff. I love my daughter. So there's some times where I got to say, dad, I'm sorry, but, you know, but whatever, you know, it's, it gets back to the freedom piece, but I, I would say that you can't, you can't force yourself. You can't, you know, you, you can't force yourself to say, I'm going to get something out of helping other people. Right. It might help. I mean, we play off our, you know, our self, our self nature, you know, our, our self-interest and stuff. So the first, I guess, to answer your question without answering it, you know, directly is that it's a wise man once said to me that your, per, the, your purpose isn't how you feel when you do what you love to do. Mm. So I could say, well, my purpose here is I am going to hopefully there's some men that will hear this and they'll change their. No, the purpose is I'm having a good time yeah. and it makes me feel good to do it. And guess what? Oh, then you look, you peek behind the curtain and you say, I did good. Okay. So that's what I mean. I want to turn on its ear a little bit. That what if you did what you love? Yeah. Okay. And most of us don't have the guts to find out what that, I hate to say it, a sufficient guts to find out what we really, really no, that is so true. We will sit there and we'll talk about it. We'll say we want it. We say we'll do it. But listen, it takes big balls to go out and find out like what in the hell you're really about. And that's what like that's what we talk about. It's the purpose infused brotherhood because the purpose is infused everything. But revealing your purpose, man, that's a fucking wall. That's not a walk in the park. That's not an easy thing. It's a, you got to dive deep you, and you got to dive deep into you. All the stuff you were talking about going into your shadow, dealing with the things you don't really want to deal with looking at those things, looking at life in a different way where there's awareness, where there's uh, authenticity, and it's the real you. You know, we talked about the biggest thing that, that the brotherhood does is help men trust themselves and, and trust life. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the biggest thing. So how do you trust yourself and trust life? Man, to me, I'm going to say it's reveal your purpose and know exactly who you are and why you do what you do. When, when, when you know who you are, then that is just infused in everything. So Dave, you're living in purpose right now. John, you're living in, I'm, we already worked on yours. I'm living in mine right now for, for this. We're owning our shit. We're loving our story and we're living with purpose. And we're having a fucking great time doing it. And that's, Absolutely. that's the whole me. Are people going to get some stuff out? Absolutely. Why? You can't go into a conversation with your purpose and knowing that and just loving the conversation and not come out with some really good shit. So listeners and, and i would yeah and i i, I put a little a little cherry on that or just is it authenticity is contagious yeah absolutely now that and that sounds simple but you talk about why people why you know why you're helping people by doing what you love mm -hmm. you, you guys can tell i love what i'm doing right now yeah absolutely and, and so that makes you happy right and yep. then you you and so yeah but but and inauthenticity is exhausting oh. and that's like the Boom. If you could just, if I could just do this into a four part, you know, authenticity, contagious, inauthenticity, exhausting. Are you getting energy or are you, is, are you, are you just being worn down by trying to remember who the hell you think you are and what it is you think you're doing? And, oh my God. and 
you literally just hit hit the nail on the head with me seven years ago, man. That was me. Like waking <laughs> up going, all right, well, okay. Because that's the thing. I think that's what we do. We want to be everything for everybody else. And, and we do it. This comes back to the caring and helping others. We want to do it and say we're doing it for the right reasons because we're helping other people out. But really, you're just putting a facade on for somebody else. It's not the real you. It's it's the you you think you want. you. It's the you you think that you th- that they think that you want to be. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I just a little story that I have um, in this company. I started with a couple of former clients. Um, one of the founders is having a, is, they're having their first baby in a, in a little bit. And I was talking to one of the other founders who were saying, you know, we, he's, he doesn't really know what he's in for. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know. And he, he's, 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 you know, we say smoking dope, but not literally. But I mean, he's thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to be a stay at home dad and still do this and do that and do that. And we talked about, it. I said, Hey, we gotta, we have to have a meeting, a come to Jesus meeting, you know, about really what, what you can do. And, and we, we had that meeting and it was perfect. And then afterwards I said, do you, do you feel love and seen and supported? I mean, I didn't even think about that. It just came out fast. And he said, absolutely. Yep. So you love and see and support, and then you can, you can have any conversation yep. that you need to have because and and so the and that is that the kindest sweetest thing we could do for him was to sit down and say okay we you know what you got to do you got to act like you're coming to us with like with a with a PTO plan pay time off plan you have to come up with a plan even though we're your buddies and we're all in this together the best thing we can do is put that put them through the paces for those boundaries so everything can be done with love when it's done with love. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll tell you, wait, I backed myself in the corner. I don't know what the hell I'm going to say. <laughs> it came out okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I dug myself out of that hole. For sure. <laughs> so, John, I can see some, what, something's cooking in there. What's cooking in I there? I know. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, we kind of we went over that next kind of question we had there. We were kind of guiding for discovering how to trust more than we oh. fear and to love more than we dare. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of yeah, love more than we fear. I I shouldn't have said that. I got a couple typos in there. (laughs) So so that's everything. You know, the my my evolution or transformation or whatever you want to call it has been moving from fear to trust. Mm. It changes everything. Yeah, I mean, and and you can't imagine what trust looks like when you're in fear. You can't imagine what it's like to live in trust when you live in trust there's expectation rather than waiting for the other shoe to drop there's there's attracting opportunities there's a positivity about what you're doing that is contagious and in when and living in that fear of just constantly waiting like i said waiting for the other shoe to drop wondering what can go wrong looking looking for the worst in people and in situations and I can't, I can't, you know, just transform people into trusting human beings. And, and we talked about this, Clay, I think when, when I went on the, the shoe was on the other foot and I was interviewing you and, and Clay, you're, you're, I, I believe you're a master at this is you find something that you, that people love yeah. because they trust that there's a natural trust that comes with that. Yep. And then you use that as the jumping off point. Yep. And you say, wait a minute, you know, I love my daughter and I've, trusted you know there's a certain you know whatever it is there's something that you love and so people think oh i can't trust you know but no as long as there's something in your life that you love 
you can start trusting more. And the more you trust, the more you see, and the more you see, the more you love, and the more you love, the more you trust. And then everything changes. Yes. Oof. That that was great. And it, it definitely made me think of one of my favorite quotes from Wayne Dyer. And you know that when you change the way you look at things, what you look at changes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of fit right in there hand in hand and that was awesome so thank you for that you know and there's one thing i want to put i don't know why you triggered this and i don't think clay we talked about this again things running run together and you know and normally people know even my clients that don't talk to dave after four because you'll get about 50 percent of who he is <laughs> so you guys are joining we're getting, hey this we're, we're, we're loving the 50 man no no actually you get more than that but i someone's i'm someone sent me a uh uh, it was a YouTube clip, and this was 10 years ago. It was a Nobel Prize winner. He's a physicist. And he was talking about relationship. And he said, nothing exists until it's in relationship. Mm. That a particle doesn't, doesn't come into existence until it finds that other, you know, that, that pair. Mm-hmm. So that's true. You know, we know this on a relationship, but this is true in the whole universe wow. is built on. So what you were saying about Wayne Dyer there, you mm-hmm. know, you're in that relationship with it. So you come from love and that which you see transforms. Mm-hmm. And when you're loved, you transform. And it goes back to what we started with. We don't want to receive love. We think we do, but we're, it's like, we're scared. Yep. We're because, you know, and without getting, and I, I just went through a real transformative process this week because it's like in our, whatever, you know, get they'll sound therapeutic, but what the hell is that whatever home we're raised in, something else was conflated with love yeah in other words like love the coin of the realm was for me was you know perfection judgment success so that's what i think love is so i you know so i'm doing this all the time i'm doing this like love myself at the same time i'm surrounding myself with people because i want to be loved who demand i be perfect and are judging me right so it's tricky, but I really want people to, you know, I wasn't going to bring this up, but it just been, it, it clicked the trigger with me. It just boom, 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 boom. Ask yourself, what was the, what was conflated? What was confused with love in my family? Yeah. And it's nothing, nothing wrong with your parents. You know, they, I'm not saying this. We can't help it. That's, that's who they are. Whatever that confusion was, that's why love hasn't reached you mm-hmm. because you are looking vibrationally or whatever for that other one. And you're attracting those people. And just since that, I've been watching myself just when someone says something of just not saying thinking I'm being judged yeah and just allowing the love that they feel for me to come through and and in doing some some research into I found something else that would definitely help in that regard and it was a little experiment I remember you saying that you uh, were performing and it was uh living living like it's your only day not like yeah. it's your last day on earth but it, yeah. it was your only day yeah. And, and how full would you live it then? And this is yeah. this is awesome because you're talking about it. And I'm glad you brought this update because I was actually just talking with one of our other brotherhood members today. And, you know, he called and, you know, we sat down and just uh, just had a chat. You know, he just wanted to he wanted to work some things out. And I, I think one of the we talked about living in love today. Mm-hmm. That was like the, literally the whole topic. You know, we broke down. He's like, I just like there's something I feel like, you know, when we talked about commitment the other week. There was something I feel like this but i'm trapped in like if i can really commit to it and we really talked about i we talked about what was behind this what's the why what's the why and and a lot of it came back to love and i'm like hey listen 
you know, it's about living in love, living in that, that realm of love and operating out of love and that abundance. And I said, well, can you commit to living in love? And, and that was the, and that's the question, not only I ask him, but I ask everybody listen here and each one of us, can you commit to living in love? And then that, because that really is the heart of the commitment that you're making to yourself in that agreement. So instead of coming out when something comes at you or uh, a decision that you have to make, well, am I going to make it in love or am I going to make it in fear? Am I going to make it in love or am I going to make it in um, untrusting, you know, and, and trust is to me, as we talked about is love. So this is awesome that you brought that up because literally I just had a similar conversation today with one of our brothers. So Gino, I hope you're out there and, and are listening to this. Well, I know you're going to be listening to this. So listen, like what Dave just said right there, pull that in to what we talked about, add it to it, add it to it. And, and when you commit to living in love, again, it, it's so, you know, we're men. So yes. we want, we want to get the sword out. <laughs> I want to, God damn it. I'm committed to love, you know? And there's, there's a softness. Yeah. And velvet and really, covered brick. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> John Maxwell. John Maxwell talks about that. The velvet covered brick soft on the outside, but. Yeah. yeah and and there is there's no way guys that any of us are going to get what we want without opening up the heart yep and and you know i'm not i don't have a pdf presentation on it i can't give you the 10 steps to opening to heart opening mm -hmm. i can reverse engineer some of the things that work for me and work for others but it's a day-to-day -day decision of allowing yourself of, 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 of one getting one of ridding yourself of the limiting beliefs that you have about yourself Yep. because that's going to keep you trapped and keep you small. But I, I literally every day there's like what I, I realized something, yeah, I'll share something with you guys. And I was, I shared this with my, with Julie is that when I, I, when I was 12, you know, I just love dogs. And my dad said, okay, for your bar mitzvah, you know, when third and third, 13, you get a dog. And I got a dog and my dog died shortly after he got it. Mm. And I, we go to school and I would, I was in seventh grade. I would just break down and cry in class, just cry for no reason. I have to go to the, you know, I have to go to the bathroom or I was at home. I'd watch a dog food commercial and I'd break down. My heart was too open. So I had to close it down. Mm -hmm. It's survival. Yep. Okay. And so it's not like, Oh my God, you weak son of a bitch. How could all of us have, you know, if we have a heart, if we're an empath, mm -hmm. we had to do that because it was more than we could bear at that stage of our development. And so now there's an unwinding, you know, I, I say <clears throat> it's all y'all in free. <laughs> hey, it's all y'all in free for our hearts now. And what does that look like? I don't know, but you know, having a brother, you, know, you guys, again, you're just so lucky to have the brotherhood because this is, this is the kind of place where one, you can start taking it down a bit. You can start feeling and you're going to, you know, it's not going to be perfect and it's going to hurt. And sometimes it's going to be more than you could bear. And if you think that you're going to modulate this and never get to the point where you're overwhelmed by it and you end up as a puddle of piss, uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, you just have to say, you know, looking to be a puddle of piss. Nope. But I, I remember I had a, a, a time it was very, you know, with my daughter and I don't want to, I don't want to violate her confidence, but it was a, a very, very traumatic event. And when it, when it was done, I went into my car and I cried and wailed so much that it just scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize the person. Yeah. I thought, who is that that could grieve 
that way. And I'm not, again, recommending it, but I survived it. Yeah. Yep. I'm here. I'm okay. And now that, that heart opening allows me to love my wife more, love strangers more, love you guys more, be open to love more. It's all whatever it is that comes along. And guy, you know, and I don't give a shit if people think I'm weak or I'm soft. I don't care. Nope. I'm so secure in that part. You know, as a fundamentally insecure guy, well, I was born insecure. I am so secure in my strength and in my vulnerability and mm-hmm. my, and, and knowing that I can, if I need to, I can lawyer up or armor up, you know, whatever I got to do, I can do, but I got, I know this heart of mine is, is it just makes me strong. Yes. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, man. Absolutely. Beautiful. So Dave, <laughs> I know you got a script here, man. Keep me on. It's all right. You got to keep no, me on a reservation. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. You. Uh, yeah. We love it. We love it. We enjoy it. We are grateful for it, a hundred percent. So, but give us top three reasons you should care and help for others. Top three reasons you should care and help for others. It will open your heart. Just going back to what I said. Yeah. You will start to your frequency changes. It literally rewires your brain. And you will also be sending out a totally different kind of energy. Yep. You are be sending out a different frequency. How is that for three quick answers? That's that's awesome. And I will, uh, just want to throw in there, you know, the great Zig Ziglar used to always say, you help enough other people get what they want, you get what you want. Yeah. You know. And I, I it's almost like what well, and, and I'll I'll share something that I I that I noticed and spent, I've been running at other confirmer. I think now the feedback loop is quicker. Mm-hmm. It used to be, Oh, you do something. And then, it, you know, boomerang. And then in a month it comes back. Now it's boom, 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 boom. And I, I can't tell you why that is, but you'll start seeing that feedback loop. And if it starts out selfish, because you want to get something to help people run that for a while. If you continue to do that, you'll outgrow it. Mm-hmm. You'll start, you'll get, it'll be habitual. You'll start to grow it. Don't mistake that, you know, for true compassion. At some point, you'll start developing some true compassion. But yes, I, I, it just feels, and also I tell you, you know, I was going to add, your preferences change. Yeah. I can't, I don't get any pleasure out of making someone unhappy anymore. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. I was a lawyer. I used to get to torture people all the time, <laughs> you know, and torture some bad people too, you know, and cops and, you know, and, and a lot, you know, I'm just, I, we represent a lot of, I didn't mean to disparage <laughs> cops, but I mean, I got to, I got to really torment people and um, I just don't, it hurts. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean I can't be sharp tongue or, you know, tease someone and go too far. Sure. I do that, but I, I, it's not how I'm wired anymore. Yeah. Wow. Right on. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Listen, we got the, you got five seconds. We got 10 questions. You got five seconds to answer each question. <laughs> okay. You can handle it. Or can we handle it? We're going to you know, you. None of us look, it'll, I'll, I'll be as surprised as anyone when I hear what comes out. <laughs> we, that's why we do it. So we can just do a surprise. End it I'm, I'm, like, I'm like my rehearsed answers here. I'll have to be spontaneous. All right. Roll it. All right. Here we go. John, I'll go first. All right. All right. Dave, what's your favorite animal? Uh, golden retriever work or play play what's your favorite you word nuts <laughs> my favorite word defenestration what you know was what that means? again 
Defenestration. No, it means I've to throw someone heard. out a window. It means to throw someone out a window. Whenever you get to use it, it's so great. <laughs> and we, you know, someone will get thrown out a window. And you said they get defenestrated. It's a great word. Uh, All right, go ahead. Wait to use that one. <laughs> yeah, see, I told you it'll be your we're favorite gonna do, too. We're gonna have to do that at the Brotherhood Retreat just so we can use that word. For sure. Don, go. You're Again, number... he's too big. He'll take all of us to defenestrate his ass. <laughs> all right. so anyways, number four. Number all right. four. All right. Sorry. Top book recommendation for our listeners. Uh, you are enough by Panache Desai. Mm, good one. Who is your hero? Uh, my father. What is your deepest fear? Uh, drowning. If you could go back in time to change any part of your life, would you? No. What do you wish you would learn sooner? Um, that my humanity is the gateway to my divinity. Ooh. I'm quoting someone else on that. That's, that's, that's so awesome. nice to say. Oh, yeah. like, it's yours. We're quoting you on that. Yeah. <laughs> for, for sure. I'm no, glad you guys not. got it because it's kind of dense, but we, we think all right, we got to get rid of our humanity when it really is the doorway to our divinity. Absolutely. 100%, 100%, especially in, in, in today's age. Uh, number nine, do you prefer the soft cloud version or the sword version of the truth? I, no, I have no preference. I just, love, I just love the truth. I mean, I, I prefer the soft now. I had the hard long enough. So I'd say I'd, I'd take the soft cloud first. Last one. What is your biggest strength? My heart. Great way to wrap it up. Dave, can you let uh, let people know, where, where can they find you? Where can they get a hold of you if they want to get sure, a hold of you? Sure, sure. And I, I'm actually, I'll talk to you later. I'm going to do something for your group here. Um, DaveGold.com, D-A-V-E-G-O-L. And then they can find me there or they could email me at Dave, you know, my name, Dave at DaveGold.com. Cool. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes too there, guys. So I know, I know every listener that's listening has got something out of it. We always ask you to do four things. One, download the episode for future use. You're going to come back to this one a lot. Subscribe to the podcast. You can hear us weekly rate and give us a review down there. That way you can, we spread out more when you rate and review us more. And then again, share this with one other person. Guys, I'm telling you right now, the Brotherhood is the spot for you guys to come to and be. All right. And I, I want to say something. I want, oh, to yeah. I want to pitch it. Yo. So guys, I, I don't. If you have a good reason for not joining the Brotherhood, I, I have yet to hear it. Seriously, you have no idea. I've, I've spent my life curating groups to, to, to get to what you guys, you know, this, what you guys have done. You have no idea what goes into it. Not just in terms of building it and 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 but it, but curating it, getting the energy right, getting the culture right where people are honest, where people can be open. So there's been so much that has gone into the brotherhood, and now all you guys got to do is step through the door, yeah. and something good will happen. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't resonate, you go out. But you'll never know what you could have had had you not if you don't give it a shot. So that's all I'll say about that. Awesome. Go to bro- uh, purposeinfusedbrotherhood.com go to start here that's how you join so appreciate it dave john appreciate you always love oh, you, this was fun i absolutely love you brother thank you, and thank you very much dave oh i just I, I i want more of you guys so good night bye you guys thank you